to Pish Talk. Can't even remember how many episodes now, but hundreds, thousands. We're over a hundred. Hundreds of thousands. Some say millions. But the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give a shout out to those loyal, to the hustle, to the... To the no, I'm not going to say I'm not gonna... You smart. <laughs> yeah, you... <laughs> Go buy your mama a house. I saw some, I saw like a slogan on Twitter the other day. And like, I can't remember which two it was, but someone had a slogan that was like, you know, you got hustle, loyalty, and respect. Someone had two of them. It was like either like loyalty and respect or like pure hustle and loyalty. Loyalty. But mate, fuck respect. (laughs) Mate, Ken, what people who respect people get? Nothing, mate. I'm loyal to my crew, eh? Mate, I'll hustle. But you can shove that respect up your arse, mate. So, like, mate, I'm all about the two eyes, mate. Integrity and intelligence. <laughs> I'm no bothered. <laughs> I'm no bothered intensity, mate. The most intense I'm going to get is when, <laughs> it's when I'm fed your man's arse, mate. <laughs> the intense as I'll get. <laughs> intelligence and integrity, I'm all the way, mate. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I'll tell mate, I'll tell you now. I'll tell you right now, mate. I'm just telling you, like, I'll respect you. I'll be loyal. But stop telling me to get, have hustle, mate. I'm I'm chilling it and that's it. it just can't be arsed, eh? Like I respect you. And I'm loyal to you, but when you're <laughs> hustling, I'm gonna be scratching my arse, eh? Like Mate, listen, I respect you. You can I'm out there hustling, eh? But I'm just telling you to your face, mate. You cross me and there'll be a dagger in your back, mate. First mate, opportunity I get. Along, you can suck my boob, mate. I'm no bother. Oh, man. Someone said, what wrestling thing do you wrestle under now? In the chat. Is that me? Uh, I think it was me. He said, Joe Hendry makes things better. For I, I still mean, me and you. I think he means Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. Yeah, I think Ring of Honor. You're still Ring of Honor. I am still. Dude, you're Ring of Honor. I'm Ring of Honor. And I will say, indeed, indeed, not to brag, but yes, but yes, indeed. Thanks to all the fans who have been buying the t-shirts. We're now number one merchandise seller. I'm looking forward to just showing up to the... I'm going to get a title belt made. They said, like, number one merch seller for September. A title, I need a title belt just for that month. No one could take that away from me. Dude, mer- you know how like you get uh you know you get like models that always like they'll they'll win like Miss December twenty nineteen. <laughs> yeah. M- M- like, Miss, it'll be like Miss December Leith twenty eighteen. <laughs> You're gonna be Mr. Merch <laughs> Mr. Merch Summer twenty twenty. <laughs> I know. Mate, did he did he piss me off, mate? I was Mr. Pennycook twenty twelve December, mate, so I'm telling you dude, I'm I'll no joke you mate. I'm Mr. Connery Morrison Street and Bread Street 2019. Mate, mate <laughs> I've been Dalkey's Adventure Park champion for three weeks in a row, mate. <laughs> mate, I've been the Dalkey's Arms pub champion. <laughs> hey. Can you imagine if you tuned into this for the first time and you're like, what is this, man? What is this? I feel like, you know what's funny? I almost feel like, even if we're talking complete shite... That's when it's we best. Can't... That's when it's best. Like... I feel like we can't get demonetized because the people at YouTube and stuff... Because I'll never be monetized. <laughs> well, they don't know 
they don't know what we're saying. Yeah, they like, don't know what you know, like, means. So they say like swear words or whatever. Like they don't know what we're saying. So they're like, what? Or they have to go to like Scottish people Reddit and get them to translate this podcast so that people can. Dude. So they're like, do we need to demonetize these guys or not? I'm almost certain they were like impossible to find on iTunes because we've broken the copyright laws so many times. Like, I remember when we were like playing like the the Hollywood rock theme against like movie trailers. That that was on a podcast. That was on a podcast. I was like, mate, put it up on iTunes, mate. Mate, see if I care, mate. You get two fingers, mate. You can't bother. <laughs> oh, man. Lockdown, eh? <laughs> In an Arthur Morgan voice, which is like, we're the last of the outlaws. <laughs> Dutch, we're the last of the outlaws. Oh, jeez. That's a good impression, man. It's yeah, coming man, along. I've been working on it. You've got a million... Did you see any of the... Uh, the presidential debate. I saw like tiny bits and bobs. I saw tiny bits have, and bobs. We have so much material now to like impersonate Trump. It's it, unreal. It reminded me of um, Chris Lewinsky versus Scott Steiner. Yeah, it, it genuinely did. It was it, like any anytime Joe Biden was. See, here's the thing: anytime Joe Biden was speaking, like Donald Trump was just speaking him speaking over him. And you yep. could see it was getting to him. Like, his trade of thought was halfway out of the building. You know what I mean? Like, that that would be tough. Yeah, I, I would I would struggle with that. Yeah, I would struggle with that too. In fairness, I mean, Joe Biden's train of thought is kind of, you know, it's already halfway out the building as he's going, you know. Then throwing Trump interrupting him doesn't help, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that it's just like Trump was just literally like, it was like, just, just say that you condemn white supremacy. And he's like, now here's your thing, and he's doing that thing with his hands where he like moves his hands in and out, and you're just like, just, just say it, Trump. Stop being a fucking daft. I know, man. It's, oh, it's a, oh man. I tell you what, it's not the only, uh, it's, it's not only the only political disaster today. Um, oh, an, oh, an, an SNP MP, which oh, disappointed. Oh. I'm an SNP voter, but you got to you got to call it like you see it. Dude, SN, you I know, mate. I'll call it. I'll do it. I'm telling you, new mate. I've got the hustle and I've got the respect, eh? But loyalty when it comes politically is <laughs> arse, mate. I think I'm bothered. SMP fucking WWE, mate. I don't care, mate. NBA. If you start pissing on the COVID guidelines, mate, you're getting flung to fuck. Do you know what I think one of the best jokes that we ever did in Free Agent was like at the end of the episode when it was like the first one, where it was like trying to decide, like trying to think about everyone else was getting signed to all these organizations and there's like, WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor, and then we just put little like to go over the top. <laughs> I think oh, the joke, like was it the joke that Jake was signed to McDonald's? Like we'd said that he no, was we like. We haven't done movie. that yet. We haven't done that yet. We were discussing oh, doing that. We haven't. We have, oh, but we yeah, should do that. That would be funny. That would be funny. He's, oh mate, I've been signed to a multi-year deal at McDonald's. Eh, like. <laughs> 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 it's like Meltzer's, Meltzer's like yeah I've heard the benefits are amazing he can get two double cheeseburgers a shift you know they're just they're doing whatever they need to do to keep Jake <laughs> remember uh, oh shit I totally forgot what I was about to say there remember when we were talking about um, if you had like wrestling pubs imagine if you had just like you subscribed to pubs and you're just like you got signed by pubs and it's like mate the Dal Keith arms mate I'm, I'm, I'm no saying anything eh, but like I've heard the Dal Keith Arms are looking for you. Eh? Like I heard that they're they're wanting to, their people want to talk to your people, eh? But potentially putting some pen to paper. Really, I'll put some feelers out to the Dal Keith Arms, eh? Like, 
I mean, look, mate, play the field, eh? You've got the Dalkeith arms, you've got <laughs> you've got the Leith arms, like I'm I'm just saying, mate, I feel like something with arms in the name is probably the way to go. Mate, keep it on the DL, eh? But um, yeah, so the oh, we need to give a shout out to Patreon subscribers. We'll do that in a second. But so SNPMP apparently um, gets a COVID test, doesn't get the results. Goes now. I think this is what it is. I'm going to say allegedly because I I think she got the test before she went down south. Might have been after. Okay. But my understanding is she got the. So I may be wrong on this. I'm, I'll tell you what. I'm going to look it up right now. Gonna look it up right now. Wait, wait. Do you think, mate? Do you think we half our set about here? We verify. We verify, we are, man. We are a credible news source of mate, the internet. I'm my own young Jamie, mate. I'll just get it done, mate. Mate, we don't have anybody to pull that shit up. We pull that shit up ourselves, mate. Okay, so here we go. So this is from the Sun. So it's going to be surely a little so- biased, but basically what happened was, um. <laughs> So she got a COVID test. I'm going to go off the sun because the sun's just hurting my brain. It is hurting my brain. Uh, <laughs> SNP MP suspended. Right. So I, here we go. So, so here's what's happened. She got, uh, I think a COVID test attended parliament while waiting for the test results. Right. Oh God. Then, apparently found out she got COVID and just decided to get the train home anyway. So an MP knowingly had COVID and got on a public train. That's just, that's just, dude, that's just giving me cage, man. To be fair, to be fair, to be fair, Nicola Sturgeon has come out and said her actions are utterly indefensible. Um, it's hard to express just how angry I feel on behalf of the people across the country making hard sacrifices every day to help beat COVID. The rules apply to everyone and they're in place to keep people safe. I do actually respect her stance on that by going, yeah, she's, you know. Here's the thing. Defensible. The like- way, see if you want to win this, right? See if you really want to come out of this looking, if, you, if there's any way for like the SNP to come out looking good, you absolutely nail her to the wall. Right, and I'll tell you why. Because no, everybody else that's broke the COVID guidelines has got off scot free. Yeah. If she, if Nicola Sturgeon's like, mate, this bitch is pure infected half of the UK now, or whatever. Right. If she goes, you know what? Fuck this. She broke the rules. She was out of line. She has to go. If she does that, she already does. She wields the iron fist harder than any other political party in the, yeah. in the UK has been yeah, able to do. True. It's true. Because Donald. Like, mate, Hank, I gear fuck. And Boris Johnson's like, well, the thing is, like, uh, you know, he was testing his eyesight by uh, driving a car. And it's like, <laughs> that was ridiculous, eh? It's an idiot, man. And then you, what's the, again, allegedly, allegedly, didn't Boris Johnson, wasn't there rumors of Boris Johnson flying to Italy in the last couple of weeks? Uh, that was apparently, you know, is that unverified. BS? Apparently, I don't know. I don't know, they're saying it didn't happen, but I mean, who knows, Dave? Who knows? Who I mean, knows? They could be going mate, to are f- you saying you can? Because I didn't, mate. Mate, I, I'm not saying I can't. Mate, I didn't can't shit. Like. Dude, mate, are you, have you got any way to monitor the comments here? Because my phone's just had enough. It's like, mate, I'm out. I'm out, mate. Uh, let me see. I might be able to, actually. I might be able to jump on old Twitch here. I don't know if, if I come off of... Uh, if I come off of this while I'm on it... I can always call you back if it... Go south. Have we lost me? I don't know if we've lost me. No, no, we got you. We got you. 
still got still got me on camera. Still got you on camera. Let's jump on old Twitch here and see if it does anything. Oops, shit. I'll have to I'll have to jump on there and then mute it. Yeah, you're 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 live, bro. You're live. Can you see gonna... comments? Uh, I can. Give me two seconds. Nice. I'm, I'm keep keep an eye. See if anything comes through. But yeah, people don't listen to this for politics. They listen for for pish talk. But what I'll do is I'll give the Patreon subscribers a shout out while you're scanning those comments. I want to give a shout out to let's have some political readers, uh, some sorry political figures read them out. So you know, I think someone would like to thank. Um, of course, I'd like to thank Ian Downey, Kirsty Bailey, Chris McCulloch, Gordon Brown, Ben Wackett, great people, fantastic people, Adam Wilson, Mark Leslie, Brian Smith, Daniel Bencourt, Jamie Flood, James Pointer, great people. I'm losing it. I'm losing it. Great people, great. fantastic people in China. Great people. In China. Getting it back, getting it back. And then, well, I mean, come on. I mean, you know, Will Ledwith, David McCarthy, uh, Ross Wilson, uh, Jordan Schofield, Barry Carruthers, James Weiss, David Thornton, and the, the concierge. You know, they, they are the Patreon subscribers. You know, I mean, come on. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. They, they signed up. They have not broken the COVID guidelines, as far as we know. I do believe they're doing the right thing for the British public right now. Imagine it was like... Oh. <laughs> imagine it was like you put up a Patreon and it's like, you, if you are a... What's the most outrageous thing you could say? You could just be like, folks, just putting this out there, um, you actually are exempt from all COVID guidelines if you subscribe to our Patreon. That, you know, <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> like, look, we're not saying that you're COVID. We're not saying you will be immune to COVID, but you know, because yeah. we legally can't guarantee that. <laughs> it's like that MP Nicola will be going to that MP like Hen. What is going on? She's like, sorry, Hen. I was listening to Pish Talk episode one hundred three A, and I subscribed to the Patreon. I thought I could just rock a bit, eh? like, but like, I mean, look, Nicola. They tell me that I'd be immune, eh? like that I wouldn't get COVID. Like, surely they're the ones to blame it. Oh, Jesus, man. What a world we live in, dude. We're back in lockdown. We're back in lockdown. Pretty in much. Comments, who's sick of this? Who is sick of this, yeah, man? Yeah, let us know what you're thinking of the uh, the old lockdown, man. I'm, it's weird. Like, it's so strange, man, because it's just, I just want to get back to normality. It was so weird. I went on a, I just, I just got back, uh, like, not the weekend just passed, but the weekend before that I was on a Team GB uh, training. We're, uh, so we, through specific, uh, like through specific guidelines and through specific measures, we were able to get some uh, Team GB training in with a uh, squad. Obviously, like it was weird, man. Like Where we did couldn't you go even... for that? So it was down at the British Wrestling Academy in Manchester, yeah. Manchester, yeah, down in Salford, and we so we go down there, and uh, we're you know we're tested as we go in the door, our our, our uh, temperatures checked, and we get like track and trace and everything, and everybody's fine. We've got uh, all the the mats had to be sanitized. Um, we then had that we were not allowed to use the shower facilities like they were locked off oh that's rough that's rough well this is where so this is what happened so we go so that's ro- locked off right uh when before we go on the mat there's like a little thing that's like uh put down it's like a i don't know what it was it was like a little bit of mat upturned but it was like sprayed down and filled with like disinfectant that right. you have to step on with your shoes oh, before shit. you step and i was like this is genius why isn't this everywhere like they had even that, in- um, they had that in the botanic gardens yeah and uh, so we do that, and then we finish the first session. Like, and it, it's it's contact, you know. But we're all, you know, we're all clean. Um, we we and then we we go, and it's like 
all right, we've got two hours now. You guys actually have to leave the building. We had to legally, we had to leave the building. We couldn't stay in the academy because they had to re-sanitize the whole place down. We couldn't shower. So we had to jump in the car, go to the hotel, check in at the hotel and get a shower at the hotel, go back and then go back for the second training session of the day. But like they did a, that's rough. I mean, it is rough, but I'll tell you what, man, it was just, it was so good to just nothing, right? Oh yeah, for sure. It was just good to wrestle again and actually like, do normal things again and, yeah, and just I hate kept... this man i hate this like i've just had enough man and brutal I, I know i know it's like don't get me wrong there's a lot of cool stuff happening but it's all on a screen you know what i mean yeah i mean i like the quiet of it i quite like the quiet like i liked the uh i liked at the very start of the first lockdown when it was like the roads were quiet yeah, it was, don't get me wrong i loved it for like three months because i got a break but then i'm like yeah oh the break is nice, you know what I mean? Like, the break was nice. It's it's nice to just sort of almost, like, mentally you get to kind of... You almost get to have a kind of reset, a reset almost. It's very interesting. Yeah. You, get, you get to have a mental reset and you get to to kind of look into things that you wouldn't have done before and or, or just kind of take stock of things, which was kind of cool, I think. But now it's like I'm kind of... Once you get that taste for wrestling again, you're just like... I, like I'm kind of like, man, I want to I wanna get back to it. Yeah. I want to get back to kind of doing that stuff again. Um so that was cool. We've had a lot of, uh, obviously in the world of pro wrestling, there's not been a lot happening really for obvious reasons. I mean, I know that uh, a bunch of the bigger companies are still running, but in terms of indies, you know, there's obviously nothing going on really. Um, but like, in terms of like, when it comes to like video games, man, there's been an absolute ton of uh, of video game stuff since lockdown, which yeah. is crazy. What's been happening? Well, if we think about it, well, what have we had since lockdown, man? We had, what did we have? We had, uh, we had Last of Us Two, we had Ghost of Tsushima, we've had the PS Five and the Xbox, uh, Xbox. Oh, Tony Hawk's uh, Pro Skater One and Two remake, which actually, I I got it. To tell you that, so I got it. Um, I've actually only played it for like maybe three four hours or something. Because I will say this, right? I've had a lot of stuff going on. Um, those of you who are watching will probably know that I'm involved with Inside the Ropes now. So I've been doing, um, we've been working really hard on Inside the Ropes magazine. Um, we've launched itrwrestling.com, working our asses nice. off. And it's it's great, but I'm, you know, and I've learned so much, but I'm, I'm kind of tired because I've got like so much Ring of Honor stuff going on. Like I'm doing all this, I'm doing songs like almost every day. Um, You're and I've got a, a musical project I'm working on right now that you know about that I haven't spoke publicly about that I'm quite excited about. Um, nice. So I've kind of was working on that a little bit today. But um, it's the, the cool thing with the inside the rope stuff is it's actually been kind of fun to be involved with something that's not about me, if you know what I mean. Because it's like yeah. every, everything else I do is about me. So it's actually been kind of cool to help someone else achieve their dream, you know. So yeah. it's been pretty cool. Um, I've been enjoying that, and now that everything's kind of set up, it's like it's going to kind of go back to you know I can kind of um, manage my time a bit more. But it's been I've learned a lot. Like I made them. Um, I don't know if uh, I've, I, I think you did see it, but I made like this documentary for the magazine launch. Yeah, you showed me it. Yeah, it was I made, great. I made another one because um, we've got uh, we're releasing Dave Meltzer's uh, yearbooks, so. We'd, I just made a documentary on like Dave Meltzer's recap of 1997, and it's really cool because, as you know, I'm watching uh, 1996 and 97 back right now. Uh, what was the I, last thing? You- so the last thing I saw, I, I think about the Rumble 97. Oof. The Rumble 97. 
Um, and my new favourite wrestler is Psycho Sid, for sure. Um, but returning to what I was saying, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, I didn't like it when I first played it because the physics are all wrong. The problem... Uh, the problem uh, the, well, they're, overall, it's actually it's actually pretty good, right? But here's the issue. You have to kind of like max out your characters for it to be good. So it's not okay. like straight out the box fun, which kind of sucks, unfortunately. But, you know. Yeah, because the first, the original ones were kind of, were like that. You could, you know, obviously maxing out. You would notice it if you maxed out your character and then went back. But it you was would, still like, fun either way. It was way. inaccessible even straight away. Ah, oh, that's a bit gun, isn't it? I know that you just got um, uh, the other big thing that we got was the was the, the Mario All three D All Stars. Oh, dude, I got that as well. I know, man. You were saying, have yeah. you played it? I have. I have played it. I've been playing Mario Sunshine, and uh, unfortunately, man, <clears throat> it's not quite as intuitive as I remember it being. So it's still it's awesome, but it's actually, I think it's quite difficult. I do think it's quite difficult in places, especially the the um, kind of. Uh, the 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 i mean come on come on people fantastic <laughs> um the level where you go on the jet skis and stuff like it's so easy to fall off and then um, because oh, gromit chewed up one of the switch controllers as well so i'm not i've not got my controller i like it's but again you know when you're just like so just balls deep in work you just can't focus on other stuff that's what i've yeah. been but i'm starting to feel that it's kind of coming down a bit and i'm starting to kind of Ah, I could breathe a little bit. So, in the you're in what I like to call the continuous, like the continuous background hustle, which is kind of like you almost sort of like you're you're working hard, but it's not on. It's not like there's any specific major hurdles you need to jump over. It's just a consistent, disciplined, hard work. Like it's just right. This is what I need to do. I'm just going to do this continuously and keep that hustle going. Yeah. Where like at the start, obviously setting things up there's a lot of like difficult tasks to overcome at the start oh big time uh, oh you've got uh, we've got fun sponge 7000 says congrats on the magazine stuff man. oh thank you very much it's been awesome it's been absolutely so you get awesome no, i really appreciate that really appreciate that but so uh, have you had a chance to play the other games on a uh, on, on three three D all stars yet? Because it got a lot of criticism, man. It got three D all stars. Well, the main reason it got a lot of criticism was because it was basically an emulation. I don't have the a problem with that. Personally. The argument being that we just had we like the last kind of year or so, we've had the Spyro remasters, we've had the Tony Hawk's remasters, and we've had the Crash Bandicoot remasters a couple of years back that were all brand almost like brand new coats of paint over legendary games here's here's the thing here's the thing here's the issue with that right the i don't want mario sunshine to look any different i don't want mario 64 to look any different because that's how it's supposed to look you know what i mean like, yeah to me i want it to look blocky and weird and all that and i think sunshine looks perfect i don't want to mess with that like to me but a game so for example with nintendo it's always been stylized graphics whereas like see tony hawk I would have been happy with just the two games. Why did they need to redo the engine? Exact same engine, exact same everything, but give us some some. Give it just update the graphics. That's it. Yeah, I'm curious. Simple. What I wonder if there's a. I wonder if there's like a a weird thing where you can't. There's certain things physically that can't be done graphically in a particular engine. Like I know the physics yeah. will be. Different. And the way things move, but I know that they can interchange a little bit, and there can be a bit of crossover. Um, 
I'm curious if there's that, and I'm wondering if there's specific things that you would want to do in more modernized games that you can't do on an old engine. I'm not sure. I mean, what I will say, I, I will say, they've got a lot of the old music, so it's like, but they've got a, a lot of the old music from all the games, so it's like you're getting. I will say they've done that well. They've done that well. The music is awesome. Um, I I got the collector's edition because it came with like retro Tony Hawk and stuff like that, and I was like, ah, why not? to help with it so i did it and um yeah i need to play a bit more so i'm looking forward to getting some free time to uh to do that sort of stuff but got a few other projects like say i got a musical project i'm working on right now that i'd really like to finish um made some significant ground with that so yeah just trying to keep busy but oh me and sophie are just not having fun with this lot then man no well it's it's tough man it's it's a rough one like it's it depends on who you kind of are. Like, it depends on, like, for me, it's not been too bad because I'm very much, you know, I'm, I'm good with my own company. I've always yeah. been good with my own company. And it's like, some people aren't like that. And that's, I get that. Some people are, I, I wouldn't even necessarily co- say codependent, but they, yeah. they, you know, they, they want to be around other people and they want to talk to other people and interact with other people. Whereas for me, I like doing that stuff, but I'm perfectly fine, yeah. like, being over here and doing my own thing. See, it's uh, interesting you say that, man, because for me, when I'm when I've been on the road, I'm around people all the time. So yeah. when I'm at home, it's literally just me, Sophie, and Gromit, and you would be there on like a Wednesday or whatever. Um, but other than that, I don't really see anybody else. That's just uh, and I, do you know what? I kind of liked it that way because you know, I occasionally see family and stuff like that. Obviously, I want to uh, yeah. see family and and, fr- and friends every so often, but just day-to-day speaking i kept myself to myself and i think it's because i had that yin and yang of being on the road being super busy and then just i'm in the house you know what i mean whereas now it's just in the house and i feel like i need that balance it's like oh i love having time to myself but there's too much of it now yeah it's like when you're it's me i get like this when i'm super busy when i'm super busy i find that i'm like oh i I need a break you know i want to have a break and I have my break, and then within a day or so, I'm bored, and I'm like, I want to get yeah. back to doing. And it's like I found that now, like I found that during lockdown, the problem I've had was I'm not as busy as I was. Yeah, it's like it, what it did was it allowed me to appreciate the the downtime more. Yeah, you know, like when I'm busy doing stuff, and then I go back to going, oh well, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch, uh, fifty minute video essay on what the best episode of The Simpsons is. Like, to me, those moments of, like, doing seemingly nothing were I appreciated them so much more because I'd just, you know, done about 20 things that day. And it was yeah. like, right now, here's my downtime, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, it, yeah, it's like that balance that you strike. And it's like you can definitely have way too much downtime. And it's it, it that's what caught me off guard where I was like, shit, I never realized just how busy I was before lockdown like whether it be training clients or or uh the pro wrestling training school or or you know doing my own wrestling training like i was the issue with wrestling amateur wrestling training in scotland is your your you know it, everything's so far apart yeah. so it's like to go and get the the high level training that you would need in scotland you've got to drive here there you know it's 60 miles one way then yeah. 60 miles away and then you got to do the 60 mile trek back and it's like it, it, it's rough you know so you're doing a lot of driving and it's a lot of time and now, and I, immediately I noticed that when I, when lockdown happened, like when I, all amateur wrestling got cancelled, I immediately was like, A, I realised how much money I was saving by not having to drive <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. 
I was like, oh shit, man! I'm, I spend so much each month on. But just you know what? Fuel. It's worth it, man. That's that's your thing. Yeah, you know. Well, that's it, though. It's hustling now. You know, you hustle in your twenties and thirties so that when you get to your forties, you can you can slow it down a little bit and go. Well, I I've done my hustle now. I'm gonna do. You know, I mean, I love the idea of those thing people. Is, do you think that will happen though? Do you think that will happen? Because often, I, I'm not sure. I think I'm addicted to doing stuff. I think you are too. I, if I'm honest, because I hear you all the time, you're always like, "Man, I, I'm feeling it now." You know, I need to take a break. I was like that too for a while. I remember every time, every year, every year without fail, I would do uh, from when I started coaching. I did uh, my New Year's resolution was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm going to take a holiday this year," and I never did it for like four years. I didn't take a holiday. You did. Every you went year. to Amsterdam. Well, I did eventually. That's what I'm saying. I did yeah. eventually. Amsterdam did eventually do it and it was like thank god for that and i realized immediately like that it was so funny because i think i remember mentioning to you like as soon as i we went to amsterdam and i went as soon as i got back i almost was like i got the travel the uh, you know pardon the phrasing but i got the travel bug yeah. where i was like i want to go other places yeah like, I go here and i want to go there and i want to explore that you know because you go to amsterdam and the, the ecosystem and the time and everything is very similar to here yeah because it's not i think it's like an hour ahead of us yeah uh, so it's not very much different and then we're on the same kind of i think it's the same sort of uh, longitude so the, the climate's not very different whereas when you're like you, you look at certain places and you go you look at like oh i'm gonna check what the weather's like in the south of spain right now and you check it and you're like holy shit like it's 12 degrees here but it's 35 there right now yeah you're like what the hell is that like what the hell is that like to go on a plane where it's cold and pissing the rain and then you get off the plane and it's blazing sunshine and it's roasting. That's 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 got to fuck with your brain a little bit. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to experience that. But then obviously lockdown happened. But for you, it's so funny because I always feel like this is the, the theme, the common theme with you, where it's like you, you're you're working your arse off and you're busy, and then you know you're like, oh man, I need to I need to dial it back. But I'm working my arse off. But then like the next week I'll be like, hey, how's your week been? You're like, another mad one. And you're constantly like, it's like I wouldn't say you're a workaholic, but I think that you're you you get driven by achieving if that makes sense yeah like i think you're almost you're driven like your 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 driving force is what did i achieve this week what can i achieve next week you know what i mean like i've got to do this 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 and this you've always got i don't think since i've known you i don't think you've ever had less than maybe three or four projects going on at once whether it be a pro wrestling project music project uh back in 2018 you know you're training for the commonwealth games like the number of things that you have on your plate at any one time is usually at least you know it's, it's always at minimum close to a handful do you know i've i've realized something though like actually at some point i have to streamline that to where wrestling is the main thing you know what i mean i feel like i haven't given wrestling a hundred percent because i've been doing so many other things like i mean don't get me wrong like i've got no regrets about doing the commonwealth you know i won a couple of british titles and that was awesome but yeah i couldn't focus fully on pro wrestling you know and it's weird because with the whole like with before lockdown it was like right i'm gonna really put everything into this and I was, and it was starting to pay off. And mean, I felt like me and Dalton were really starting to gel as a tag team. We're getting over. We had these big matches coming, had big wins. You know, we just got a victory over the Briscoes. We we're going to face them um, in a straight tag match as well. And uh, then kind of lockdown happened. It was like ah shit. And uh, but like I say though, I look back and I think if it hadn't been for COVID, I can honestly say 
I don't think there would be an Inside the Ropes magazine. I, I don't know if there would be itrwrestling.com. Um, you know, just from where everyone that's involved was at in their life, it's almost like these things have happened because of COVID, you know? And again, like, I'm, I'm, like say I'm working on a musical project right now, I probably wouldn't have done. Um, so I, I guess you just, to me in life, whenever things happen that are challenging, you've got to just turn them into an advantage. You got to flip it around. So you're like, you know what? I'm glad there was a quarantine. But you know what my worry is, man? What if this goes on for years? That's my worry. Mm. it's funny man because it's like at first there's always that like i always feel like you get that where it's like i mean i don't think the world's ever going to be the same again i will i will say that like i will handshakes, say I, handshakes are gone oh they're done man they're gone for sure like it's so funny because you don't think about it normally but in a business a business wise so if you work in like if, if you're you know depending on what you do it's like if you're working in a business environment, a lot of bu- like where a lot of business is conducted, handshakes are, you know, well that that's you know that's that's your bread and butter. You know what I mean? Like that's your that's your word. You know, yeah. in Scotland at least, handshakes are you know handshakes are are legally binding. Yeah. You know, um, and it's so funny that like all of a sudden this massive thing, especially in our industries, right? You think about uh, amateur wrestling. What's yeah. the first thing you do when you step on the mat? Referee pats you down, checks that you're all good, and then you shake hands. And then you wrestle, you know, which I think will still happen, you know, because it's if you're if you're when you're wrestling. But look at business environments. It's so funny to see and, and pro wrestling as well. Right. What was the old adage in pro wrestling? It's, you know, shake everybody's hand you yeah. get in the dress. Boom. You shake everyone's hand. And it's it's funny that that's almost going to be. I mean, that's probably not going to happen again. No. Even just and it's funny to see. I mean, dude, what if there's, there might be no more music festivals in the way that we know them. Yeah. Dude, concerts. Concerts. Like, do, do, do we con- might have to, so in, when you know, in years past, when when we've all got children, we might have to say to say to our kids, you know, oh, we used to have these things called music festivals and concerts where you would all go and you would be in a crowd, you know. It, what? No, like it's so funny, man, because it's it's so it's so fucking funny to me that that we that like. Like Last of Us Two came out during quarantine, because it's so funny to look at the environment that a game like that creates. And you go through the first game, and there's little things where they find like an, an old ice cream truck. Yeah. And the the younger kids are asking the adults like, "What the hell's this?" No, like, oh, it's an ice cream truck. Used to drive around, and kids would go out and get ice cream, and it would play real weird music, and they'd be like, "What? Nah." I like, know. Nah. And they're like, it, "It it blows their mind. They don't know that." And it's so funny that, like, we talk about that. One of the things that fascinates me always is when you see, um, like, young children reacting to, like, old technology. Yeah, that like we videotapes or CDs. Or, like, a, a, a home phone that you, like, dial buttons on and have a, have Dude, a cord and all yeah. that. Do you remember? Do you ever remember, like, the one where you had to, like, I remember my gran had one where you had to put your finger in the, in the phone and circle it round to dial the number. Dude, you have any idea how long it took me to learn how to use those? <laughs> and then by the time I learned how to use them, they were obsolete. Yeah. God damn it. Like phone boxes as well. They're like, what the hell are those? Oh, yeah. There'd be no they're, need for a phone box now, basically. Yeah. They're like, what the hell are those things? And it's like, oh, yeah, they have phones in them. You Dude, put money- I used to use them all the time. I remember I'd hit, I'd hit up my mum with the old reverse charge. 
Yeah. <laughs> the 0800 reverse, like the, the, the adverts, like they used to come on TV all the time. Yep. Christ, man. And it's like, and then you look at it and you go, but then you see something like that in like Last of Us or you see something like that in like a movie and you're like, oh yeah, that is bizarre. They wouldn't know what any of that is. Like the internet. I think there's literally a bit in like, there's a bit in like one of the, in the Last of Us DLC, uh, where they see a thing for Facebook and they're like, what's a Facebook? Oh, really? you think, in a post-apocalyptic, in a post-apocalyptic world, they wouldn't know what, what Facebook yeah. is. Yeah. And there's no internet. And then, Dude. but you look at us now and it's like, yeah, concerts and all you can eat buffets. Imagine if you told a kid like in 10 years time, like, man, we used to have these things where you'd go in and there'd be just plates and plates of food and you pay 15, 20 quid and you just eat until you're full. They'd be like, what? No way. Yeah. Like, yeah seriously. Yep. Movie Back- theaters. Yeah, movie. Yeah, we used to sit in and, and watch movies all like sitting close together. Well, that's, all in some places, drive-throughs are coming back. Drive-through cinemas, drive-in dude, cinemas. Sorry, I saw a thing. Yeah, dude, I don't know why that's not come back more. Yeah, that's great. I saw a thing where a bunch of comedians were doing a uh, stand-up shows in drive-throughs. Really? Or like drive-ins? Yeah, they did like a drive-in show, but on like uh, like over a live stream on a big screen in a drive-in. It's crazy. I've just like, typed in events. Like, let's see what is going on. It's bizarre because you go on, like, uh, uh, I'll tell you what else, man, has been really th- open. I wouldn't say it's been thriving necessarily, but it's definitely had a, it's definitely been busy during quarantine is uh, the country music scene. Really? Oh, dude, there's like, people are, like, the funny thing with country music is, this is the funny thing. You can, most of these country guys are, they can just take an acoustic guitar and a mic and, yeah. and and they can play and they can sing and they can make music. Whereas you see, with a lot of the guys like the auto tune, and you know, I'm not bashing modern music, whatever you're into, you're into. But for me, when you get things like auto tune and all these weird effects. And, I will and, tell you, I will tell you, you're an Eric Church fan, right? Oh, hell yeah. I, I heard his, uh, I listened to his Springsteen song the other day and I thought, I this has so much auto tune on it. It's not real. Like to me, I can hear the auto tune on it, like right. That's that's yeah from a studio. Of, from yeah, a studio. but it's but it's not like it's not like an effect. It's not like I was lonely girl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like you can easily yeah, and you can easily take that was, something uh, like that. That was my uh, I I was doing um, Heartless by Kanye West, but I was I think I was actually singing the South Park version, but we won't go into that one. <laughs> we won't go into that one. But, uh, you can, but that's the thing. Yes, there is that for the studio versions. But you can just as easy take them, Aye. you know. And you, I think they did like someone. They did a couple of events like stage. Instead of stagecoach, they turned it into stage couch. And you know they had like country music artists or different musicians sit down in their property and just play live. Dude, to, honestly, uh, like there's a there's a Scottish band that Sophie's into, and um, they they did like a gig, and you paid a ticket to get to the gig. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly, man. I saw it. I don't know if you saw it, man, but I sent you. I don't know if you saw it, but I sent you a. I sent you a video uh, on. I think it was WhatsApp of a guy by the name of Coulter Wall, uh, country music guy, and this guy is insane, man. Like, if you haven't seen it, you got to watch it. If anybody's listening or anybody's watching this, go on YouTube and just look up Coulter Wall. The devil wears a suit and tie, and you'll find a video from like. I think they're called like uh, brewery sessions or something where he's just, he's sitting in a, yeah. you know, it's in a place and there's loads of like beer and stuff around, but it's just him. He's doing a kick drum with his foot 
and he's got and he's just got on a, a guitar in his hand and he's on a mic and when you look at this guy he's like 20 years old or 25 years old and then the voice that comes out of him is insane yeah and this guy's an independent artist but these guys have all been doing all these live streams and all these videos on like instagram live of just them making music and doing live acoustic shows and you just think like man they're 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 doing well man they're doing they're doing all right and then a bunch of them are releasing like the live acoustic albums you know dude this is interesting that you're saying this because i so when i was hearing about all these concerts even from like scottish bands and local bands i started to think to myself i was like i it's not crazy out of the question to think that they might make more profit from this than a standard gig well i mean Hear why me not out. Because you don't have the venue cost anymore. You don't have, you know what I mean? You, well, I suppose they're going to do it from somewhere, right? But they're not going to be paying the same that they would usually. You know what I mean? They'll be getting a crazy discounted rate or they'll do it from somewhere they own or whatever, right? But an unlimited number of people can attend. Yes. So There's no insurance you have to pay because you're not having people actually come onto the premises. You don't yeah, there's to- there's no staff. There's no one at the door. There's no you can still sell merch. But if you think about it, there's you could be streaming it from a venue that holds fifty people, but five thousand could watch. Yeah, I think that's yeah. It's 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 and I th- yeah, I just thought to myself. And the thing is, people were ne- like somewhere, but like gigs weren't the in thing anymore. Like I remember, I was playing with my band. I started playing live music in two thousand three genuinely yeah yeah i was playing by 2004 i was playing club nights like actual club nights i just went into high school in 2004 yeah holy shit dude by 2004 i was actually 2003 i was playing in pubs by 2004 i was playing in clubs so i was genuinely swear to god finishing my set at like one half one in the morning having a few beers and then i was up for school in the morning you know what i mean like that's that's, You've been like. that's the funny thing when people talk about your rise man this is a funny thing that people talk about when they talk about like because you got a lot of, and again we've been over this before and i'm not i'm not going to blow too much smoke up your arse but like when we talk about your rise to to, to kind of where you've got to in pro wrestling a lot of people you know you got a lot of b- bullshit in the beginning because you had a quick rise but what people tend to forget about your rise is your rise started in 2003 dude yeah like so there was 10 years before i ever started wrestling regardless whether it's music or whether it's it was entertaining people entertainment it's all performing it's all entertainment it's all in the name of entertaining an audience uh you, you know on a professional level where you're being paid and it's like regardless of whether that pay is a couple of beers yeah. or yeah. fucking what, you know what, what you're making well, you know annually of honor dude i've and i've been running my own shows since dude, what's that nearly 20 years yeah, dude. Man, it'll be nearly 20 years and this is the thing i've dude i was crazy i was crazy let me tell you this so we got a gig in uh, iceland because i've got family over in iceland they, they had like some connections they asked for like some music and I sent them a picture of when we supported the Fratellis. So the audience is like massive. And I just kind of, you know, made it look like it was our audience type thing. You know, I, I never said that it was, we were a su- the support band. I was just like, here's one of our concerts. So we end up playing. 20,000. Yeah, well, well, dude, like, so at this concert, there was like 13,000 people there or something like that. So, and we went on and we played our stuff. And so we did that. And then I decided... This was in the Westman Islands. And then I decided, 
I'm going to book a gig in Reykjavik. And I booked a venue in a foreign country, right? And I just, I so what I did is I contacted, I looked around for popular local bands and I says, I'll tell you what, I'm putting on this gig. You can, uh, you can keep 60% of your ticket money or 50% of your ticket money or whatever it is. All I need is to, can we use your drum kit? And then with the other band, it was like, you can keep 60% of the ticket money. I'll cover the venue cost. All, all I, I need to use is your guitar, your guitar and bass amps. So yeah. that's how we did it. That's how we got the equipment. And then we sold it and it sold well. We sold like it, the venue could only hold like 200, and we did over 100 tickets, which for like you know your first time there, it was nuts, it was insane. Looking back on that, that is mental. Like, and I just think I must have been oh, 20, maybe 19, something like that. That's nuts when you think about it. And it's like that was in a foreign country, and I just like I'm glad I got into wrestling though, because I wanted to be a wrestler more than I wanted to do music, but. To me, now with wrestling, it, it, there's a lot of pressure with it. So I actually just enjoy messing about with music and you know on the keyboard and on the laptop and all that. Like I enjoy, I, I really enjoy music now. That's kind of music is kind of my escape. Whereas when I was doing music, wrestling was my escape. So I am glad I got into wrestling because there comes a point where you just go, strategy's not working. The strategy is yeah. not working, and I got there with music, and I was like, "It's been thing is we were stuff was happening, stuff was happening, we we're going up and up and up, and then this kind of bubble burst, and didn't quite happen the way I thought it was going to, and then we were just plateauing and slowly going down, and we lost all momentum, and I was like, time for a change. And the interesting thing is, I actually think I would be more confident now than ever that I could make a go of music. I, I'm I'm totally confident that I could do that now. And that's the first time I've felt like that in, you know, since I started wrestling. And I feel sometimes you need to take a step back from something, even if it's like, you know, even if it's a couple months or whatever, but just to get a bit of perspective, because I mean, I just had to accept, just, it was time for a change. And to be honest, I wanted to be a wrestler much more than, than a musician. So wrestling was like the number one goal. And I think, I think that, that matters, you know? It's like, yeah. I was willing to put in all the work for music, but for some reason I was able to see wrestling like a business in a way that I couldn't with music. And I think it's because when you have a song that you're working on, oh, this could be better and that could be better. And I'd spend weeks obsessing over something. I'd lose all perspective and then dilute it down to just shit compared to how it was when I first did it. This is one thing I've learned with creative stuff. It, you once you get in that flow state and you're just creating and you're smashing it, go with it, go with it, go with it. Um, you need to finish it before it's not fun anymore, because you'll just go with it till the end of the earth and you'll overthink everything and you'll lose all perspective. We're see with a wrestling match. Once it's done, it's done. You can't go back and change it. And to me, that's why I think I've done more in wrestling because. If it was like music and I could perfect it, I would still try to be perfect in my first match and I wouldn't get the experience I needed. Whereas see with music, because I was, I was always trying to perfect the, the same 10 songs from since I was 17, you know? And it's just like, I didn't put them out there. So I think because wrestling forces you to put stuff out there, you're like, all right, well, I guess I'm on to the next one then. And I think if I'd have done that with music, I would have been better at it and had more success. It's interesting. It's like those people that uh, it's like the it's like photographers that use the uh, the Polaroid cameras. Yeah, and their argument is that once you get the picture, that's the picture. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, there's no negative. There's no file on the computer. That's it. 
you get the picture and that's the picture. And there's if you tear the picture to that, oh. there's something to that, man. Yeah. Oh, for sure, man. That's why I say like, when it comes to like, that's why my philosophy in pro wrestling, when it comes to promos is one take, do it in one go, you know, you know, without exposing the business too much, but you get, there are guys that, and again, I don't, there's nobody I can name, but like you do get guys that, and I've worked with people that are like that, where it's like, though they have to do a hundred takes and every take sounds the same. And you're like, I, I understand what they're doing, yeah. but it's like, by the end, it means nothing. Whereas I go, I'm always, I'm very much about put myself in the scenario. I'm very much about live what I'm doing. And it's very much like, okay, uh, I've just lost this match. I've just lost the match I just had. And I kind of like, as much as I'm like, as much as a lot of guys would hate this, and I imagine in the business today, this would get a lot of flack uh, about getting interviewed as soon as you come back through the curtain. Like they do in MMA, where like, as soon as you finish your fight, you know, you're getting interviewed straight away. It's like, you don't get to choose. I almost feel like what would happen if we had pro wrestlers, you know, back in the day with like NWA and stuff where guys would come out and before they had their match, they would do a promo, have the match, and then they would go back and then they'd do a promo straight after the match. Yeah. And it's like, I wonder what we would get by doing that today. Like, I'll I wonder. What, we- I'll tell you what now. By the way, like, have you seen the Ring of Honor Pure Tournament yet? I haven't. No. I think you'll love it. I genuinely think you'll love it. It's honestly, it's, it's and again, I'm. It's like I'm biased. I have to say this, but I'm. Not, I wouldn't say if it wasn't true. But honestly, it is. It's my favorite wrestling product out right now. Like okay. I, yeah, like I love it because it's different now it's just it's so different to anything else out there it's presented like a pure sport so it's like it's it's literally like you get like you know you get those like ufc build-ups yeah so it's like that you know like before big ufc matches it has the guys talking and they're like you know he's good at submissions i'm good at this i'm gonna go for his eye that sort of thing it's got the talking heads like that before the matches it's got the match and dude it's like to give you an idea there was a spot in a match the other day it was Kenny King versus Josh Woods, right? And honestly, that, in my opinion, like, this is what irritates me about how people rate wrestling. That, to me, was as good a wrestling match as I've seen in years. And the reason is because the match taught you the rules of pure wrestling throughout it, right? So there was one bit where, like, Kenny King hits his finisher and is, like... His like so Josh's arm is like under the rope and it's like one two and the ref's like ah it's technically under the rope and it but it was like a tough call you know what I mean and like there was a bit where my favorite bit of the match right was they're fighting each other they're fighting they're fighting and Josh Woods draws back his hand like that but there's no closed fists in pure ah. so he draws his hand back like this and he's like he goes and then Kenny King just blasts him in the face with a shot right. So then it's like, that's the heel move because he kind of pulled back but didn't do it. And then Kenny King took the the advantage, right? Now, dude, get this, right? So the match finishes and the time limit expires. So they said it goes to judge's decision, right? Oh, interesting. And dude, it was a split decision in favor of Josh Woods because Kenny King used the closed fist. Ah. So that was like they deducted him a point for that, and I just thought, I love it. Yeah, I it's thought it was, I thought it was amazing. I love anything like that, man, because it's like you have to think about it, like you know, because the world of pro wrestling, right? Say you take a complete nobody who doesn't know. Well, I'm saying nobody, like you take a complete unknown to wrestling, right? Somebody who has never seen it before, and you go, right? 
let's see, especially with all the internet stuff going on and, and what's happening, and kids are now getting the internet at an even younger age. Yeah. Like, kids have got iPads and shit when they're 10 years old now, right? Let's say, let's say they've never seen wrestling before and they turn on that. They immediately start to learn the rules as they go. Like, I love video games. Like, I've been getting into, like, I've been doing, like, kind of, like, a deep dive into, like, cool tutorials on, like, video game design and stuff like that, right? You know, just because just it's fun. I don't plan on ever doing anything like that. Why not, uh, dude? Why not? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I kind of... Mess around with it. I'm very much... Uh, I'm very much... When I play something like Mario Maker, I'm very much a player rather than a builder. I don't build levels. It's so strange. Right. Uh, I reckon I could probably build a good one, but, you know, I, I don't normally do that. I normally play the levels. Yeah. Like, other I levels. I understand that. But I look through it and I'm going through it and it's like when you see certain games that teach you the mechanics of the game, you know, um, and like and then they take complete normies that have never played a game before or they don't or they, they, they when they play test games, they'll go, well, we had to take this first enemy and they had to make sure that they didn't have uh, we had to make their spikes on their back really pronounced so that they didn't just try and jump on it. Yeah. Well, why would they try and jump on it? Oh, because the odds are the only game they've played is Mario and he jumps on everything. So they just assume that's what you do. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's almost yeah. so strange. And then in pro wrestling, it's like, people don't know about the certain rules. They never explain the rules, really. A lot of the rules, I think JR is a big proponent of this. Jim Ross, he talks a lot about how the lack of, str- of strict rules has limited wrestling a lot. It has. Well, dude, if you feel that way, you will love the pure tournament. Yeah, because look at the old school where it was like... The, the, the they, ref has authority. The ref has almighty authority. That's the big thing. I, I, I'm, again, we, we kind of, we coach uh, people. And, you know, I, again, I've not, in terms of like my uh, my pro wrestling opinion, you know, it's 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 hard to it's hard to stand tall with my pro wrestling opinion because, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I ain't done, I ain't done shit. But I do have a strict, I do have kind of strict ideals on wrestling. And one of them is they always talk about, you know, never bury the ref and that to me is a big thing because the ref in mma look at the refs yeah do you think somebody's messing with big john hell no is somebody messing with big dan murglia hell no you know you don't mess with the refs because when you mess with the refs you get fucked do you remember you that know? mario guy that was always like putting the heart up to the screen and all that <laughs> yeah he was the worst is he the and worst referee ever mario yamasaki hmm yeah. Nah, I don't know, man. Steve Mazzagatti oh, was... Oh, yeah, God. Oh, who's worse? Steve Mazzagatti was legendary for being bad. Dude, he's the guy that, like... I don't know. He just did some odd things, man. Like, odd decisions. There was one recently. I can't remember who refed it. I was going to say, he's not refing still, surely. I don't think so, man. I'm trying to remember who it was that was refing. I cannot remember the damn fight. It blew... There was a... They had a rematch recently... Uh, but I can't remember the fight, but it was a guy was faking that he was like stumbled to try and goad his opponent in, yeah. and the refs fight. I'm not joking. Guy was on his feet. I, I need to remember it. If anybody in the chat knows it, uh, let me know. But I'm trying to remember who it was, and he was like he was kind of like rope doping, kind of similar to like Muhammad Ali back in the day, yeah. where he was like, almost fake that he was kind of like, oh, I'm staggered, I'm staggered, trying to goad the guy in, and then the the ref was like, oh no, he's out on his feet, and he got in between him, stopped, and the guy went mental went mental you know rightfully so uh there was a lot of the controversy who did the i've got got a quote from dana white (laughs) but steve mazzagatti that effing guy shouldn't even be watching mma on tv let alone refereeing (laughs) (laughs) dana white just throwed him under the bus have you seen what's going on with connor right now 
What the dude, hell, I'm, man? Dude, someone needs I, to confiscate his phone. I was just going to talk about that, man. It's interesting. I don't know how what to make it. What do you make of it? The uh, dude, the I, DM. I, I, well, first of all, that that's a scumbag move, in my opinion. Scumbag move. See, see when Dana White's saying that's one of the dirtiest things you can do. It is. It really is. Like that's just saying you can't trust Connor now. You can't, dude, well, you can't. I'm so done being a fan of Conor McGregor. Like, don't get me wrong; it, it, it's not over the DMs. I was done with them way before that because of you know all yeah. the stuff that he's been involved with. But like, look, there's certain things with Conor where some people will say, "Well, you know, some of them are just allegations. They've not they've not been proved." Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what is proved. I'll tell you what is is a hundred percent is the is the footage of him punching an old guy because he's no trying his whiskey. You know what I mean? That's, that's real. Disgusting, dude. Dude, imagine if that was one of your family members. You know what I mean? That's like, that's somebody's dad. That's somebody's granddad. Yeah. And it's just... And I just, I honestly, man, like, see, he put up this tweet and he was like, there was something about, like, Irish officials or, like, politicians. He was like, oh, it's a joke. You know, politicians, they're just like, they're supposed to be role models. We need to really think about the people that are in these positions. And it's like, dude, are these words actually coming out your mouth? I'm yeah, so disappointed just- because he used to be my hero, you know? And it's like, I just, I, I, yeah. I, I just, just done with him. Just, just done. To I me, there's no, there's no retribution for Connor now, in my opinion. He's a, he's, he's a very exciting fighter. I definitely believe that Conor McGregor, in terms of fighting ability and in terms of his athleticism, is special. Yep. And that's what disappoints me so much because I want to be a fan of Conor. I want to be. I want to follow the man's journey. But the journey is just so mar- Like You look back and you look back on like when Conor was first rising up and it's like, and it's so special. You, you feel like you're watching something history you feel like you're watching something you've never seen before in combat sport you well, feel like you're watching something very special you know how people and talk like, about the secret and all that it's like he would like yeah, you know i haven't read it i don't know whether it's real or not but he was like the embodiment of that whole thing it was we've spoke about this before it was like he was tapping into something that was beyond things that you can you know quantify it was like there was some sort of divine power or some sort of energy that was just helping him do these incredible things and because the thing is it's like he you know he was beating people that were better than him but he just used the the tactics he got into that flow state it was like it was literally like you were watching a human do things that were inhuman do you know what's crazy it's kind of like you know how like my theory on like chael sonnen where it was like it was never meant to be that he would become the champion like he was so skilled and he was so good and he got so close so many times, but then yeah. some kind of bullshit would get in the way where it was like he beat that guy yeah, in uh, what, what, WC. He beat the guy, but the guy missed weight, so he didn't get the belt. You know, he would have become if he'd have just hold, held on for of what was it like? It was like a minute and a half or a minute forty yeah. or something. He would have become. He would have beat Anderson Silva and become uh, the the middleweight champion. Yeah. Uh, when he fought John Jones, yeah. if he'd have just hold on to the end of the round he would john jones wouldn't have been able to continue he broke his foot he wouldn't have been able to continue have he would have been the clip have you heard the clip where chael sonnen's like if that had happened he's like i would have swung the belt above my head called myself the champion and i think he said so i don't know if he said he would have retired right then but like it was something like that i mean can you imagine if that happened and he retired right then and then that would have been amazing dude can you imagine that and i feel like as much as chael sonnen has that I feel as though, 
again, it's like when he when he fought uh, in the heavyweight grand uh, grand tournament, you know, and he was just he was smashing these guys. Of course, yeah. Yeah, he got again. He got really close again against guys that people would have never thought he could he could do it. Like if you said to me ten years ago, you know, Chael Sonnen, Quinton Jackson, yeah. you'd have been like, "Oh, interest. That's an interesting fight." Chael destroyed him. Yeah, you know, and you're just like, and but then so, so it's almost like divine. It's like, dude, you're not meant to be. Yeah. You know, what I mean, it's almost like it's pre-written, almost like it's like like it's in it's destiny. And in Connor's the same way. He's facing these guys that honestly he shouldn't have been beaten. Chad Mendez was smashing him, but then Chad Mendez, you know, gassed out. Connor destroys yeah. him. Faces, you know, who knows how a fight with who knows what a five round fight with Jose Aldo would have looked like. You know, who knows what that would have looked like? But it didn't go five rounds, did it? It went thirteen seconds. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like it's almost as if it was in it was destiny. It was this is going to happen. This year of it's, it's, nobody, it's, yeah. But Bum on 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 who is who who says I'm I'm on welfare I'm doing nothing but train nobody he's an unknown outside of outside of Ireland and all of a sudden he rises up and he's the one guy he was one of the very first extremely highly hyped guys that lived up to the hype you know what I mean you see these hype trains a lot in sport yeah and a, a, an awful lot of times they don't live up. You know what I mean? They hit the wall pretty hard. Connor was the guy that just seemingly never hit the wall hard. Not until... Because even then... And the, the thing is... Here's the thing. Because of the the level of, of where he's at, right? Now, the, the big thing that went along was that Connor hadn't won a fight in th- over three years, right? Which was true. Yeah. But let's look at who he fought. At the time, you know, at the time... Before he fought Cowboy... The argument was, oh, well, Connor hasn't won a fight in three years. Yeah. So, okay, true. But who's he fought? Well, he's fought literally the undefeated, undisputed lightweight champion of the world who has dominated everybody, Habib Nurmagomedov. He lost, but he's the only guy to take a round off of Habib. Yeah. Connor, as much criticism as he gets for that fight, has had the best performance. Uh, I don't know, actually. I thought Ally Quinta gave it a good go. Quinta did great, man. I cannot... I'm Why so does dis- he not get more credit? Because he went on to fight... Uh, he went on to... his ne- He lost his next fight, I think. Uh, and then he lost his next fight after. I think he fought Dustin Poirier and got, and got smashed by Poirier, I think. Which led to Poirier-Habib. Ah, oh, shoot. Uh, yeah, he's had- so basically, he fought Khabib. Did all right. Because the thing is, let's go through... So let's just back up, right? So for um let's look at ally quinta's record it's interesting right so 2013 he beats ryan couture um water holman kevin lee wow kevin lee big name so then in 20 so that sorry that was 2014 then um loses darce choke to mitch clark then he beats rodrigo dam ross pearson joe lozon Jorge Masvidal and uh, sorry, Jorge Masvidal and Diego Sanchez all in a row, right? So he's literally oh. just taken out Joe Lozon, Joe Lozon, Jorge Masvidal and Diego Sanchez in a row. Then he fights Khabib. Actually had a pretty good performance. Then he beats Kevin Lee again. Then wow. He gets, then he got beat by Donald Cerrone and then beat by Dan Hooker. So he never fought. Oh, oh, sorry. I was saying Cerrone. My, my liar. Sorry, it was Cerrone. He fought and yeah. 
and lost to. And then he got beat by Dan Hooker, and it's like he's just kind of been kind of forgotten by. I think what he did great was he did he played a game that he played a game where he tried to he goaded Khabib into a fist fight. And I'm not saying that Habib has let's put it this way, it's a bit like when I talk and again it's obviously on a way smaller scale. Like, you know, I've I've done a little bit of fighting and I know how to throw hands, but I would never put my striking on anywhere near my level of wrestling. You know what I mean? I don't think I'd put my striking on my level of wrestling. Uh and I think Habib's the same way. I think his striking is is, is definitely not like well, his wrestling, no one's figured it out yet. You know, he's one of the very few puzzles in MMA still left to be figured out. Face, have you seen him like he's pure bad in everyone in the gym? Like even even Daniel Cormier, <laughs> like dude, he's he's got that Dagestan mindset. And I've wrestled a couple of Dagestanis. I've wrestled guys from that neck of the woods, man, and yeah, they're here. they're just different. different. They don't. It's, different. it's so strange. I can't explain it. I can't describe it. They're just they're just different. They wrestle differently. It's like people from Iran as well. They just they wrestle different. They're not the same as us here or Americans. They're not the same. They just wrestle so much differently, and they're, they're they they know things that we don't. They wrestle in a way that we can't figure out. And I feel like Habib is just it's so strange, man. He he wrestles in a way that I just nobody else seems to do. I see the same kind of thing out of. Uh, I'm always impressed by. Uh, this is why I love having Daniel Cormier on commentary because he understands wrestling, which yeah. most of the other UFC commentators don't understand the deep dive into wrestling, whereas Cormier does. And I love listening to him talk. Um, I talk about it, and it's like he talks about Habib and how he kind of collects the legs with his own legs, and he grapevines the legs up so the guy can't move. Then he, you know, he's doing little things that we would do where you know you pull an arm out and you, you chop an elbow down and it's like he's using things that nobody in mma else uh, nobody else in mma seems to do yeah he uses single legs highly effectively uh, the only other guy i've seen actually switch off to single legs in mma is colby covington um other guys tend to drive in on a double push a guy up against the fence and they stay there in the double when they can't get the guy's legs together they can't get the guy's legs together to pick him up and dump him and get their hands locked yeah everybody's there and then eventually it either gets pulled away from the fence or they come back up against the wall or whatnot covington's one of the other only other guys i've seen that actually will switch off to a single leg yeah. and that's why he has great success with his wrestling um oh, uh, i will say though i'm uh, i've kind of gone off covington like i was kind of i thought he was just like playing an act but i think the i think he's legit about all that political stuff man he was basically just think, like yeah i wasn't impressed with his recent comments yeah it bothers me man it really does bother me Sucks, cause like, i want i wanted to be a fan of the guy but Nah. So did I, man. He was another one to me that, like, when I first saw him and I first heard his shtick, I was like, oh, this guy gets it. He understands what's going to make him money and understands what's going to get him fights. You know? He's doing the Chael Sonnen method. He's doing the Conor McGregor method. He's talking himself into fights that he probably normally wouldn't get. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I've got some interesting statistics for you. I'm going to ask you a question. I just want you to, to just throw a number out there off the top of your head as quick as you can, right? Don't think about it too long. When asked the question, just give me a number, right? So as quick as you can. How many pay-per-views has Conor McGregor headlined? Go. Five. Seven. I thought it would have been more than that. I was going to say six, but then I thought, no, no, it's going to be five. So that'd be, yeah, so it would have been Jose Aldo. It was Mendez first. It's Mendez, Aldo. So it was interesting, actually. Is at UFC 189, Mendez is, is his name is first. Then Aldo's name is first, obviously because he was the champion, but then it's McGregor Diaz. 
then after interestingly after Diaz beat McGregor, it was, was it Diaz, Diaz McGregor? McGregor. Yeah, so, dude, that was a huge rise for him, man. That was one of the best things to ever, the smartest move that Nate Diaz has ever made in his entire life. I would say, you know, what? Well, I, well, I don't call him McGregor. Calling out Connor, it was it was genius. It changed his entire. He became. It sucks to say it, but it's like he became. He became a giant beacon for casual fans, you know. And it sucks that that's what you kind of have I, to do. I actually have to be honest. I look back yeah. on it. I was a huge fan of Connor, but I, really, has he hurt the sport overall? I mean, I, 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 I have to. Yeah. I'm erring on yes, because honestly, yep. I'm watching like every so often, I haven't recently, but I was watching the old Ultimate Fighters and I just loved it because it was like a niche, yep. you know, whereas now I think UFC is really quite sanitized and you know what I mean? It's just like... It's a bit like... Uh, that, remind, that, that, uh, I thought you were going to... Uh, reminds me of a famous era in wrestling called the Attitude Era. And then it, it went into ruthless aggression, and then it went into Twitter, and now everybody knows, you know, the John Cena memes and and pro wrestling this, and it's everywhere. It trends when on Twitter when I, SmackDown. I, yeah, I kind of liked UFC when nobody watched it. You know what I mean, dude? I liked it when it was that. like a guy with tribal tattoos and a mohawk <laughs> from the fucking pub who's done a bit of boxing and he's got a beer belly, but. Holy shit, has he got dynamite in his hands? And here's another guy over there who's 40 pounds lighter than him who wears a gi. And it's like, what the fuck's going to happen here? <laughs> yeah, I know. I miss it. I miss it. It's and so strange. I, I just think the problem was when you had Connor, everybody then started to try and be like him as well. Three-piece suits and, and, and talking shit on microphones and, you know, the, the fucking chest tattoos and shit like that. And you like you see it today and you see some of it's fine, you know, some of it's not so fine. I don't mind certain guys, but then you see it. You just it's, it's so. I'm yet to see somebody who does it, that kind of shtick, who doesn't bleed over into. Okay, you took it too far. The best examples I can give you are Adesanya. I like Adesanya. I think he's a very, very exciting fighter. But I, I just his stuff is just it's a bit cringy for me now. You know. I got uh, I got something interesting for you. This is again. I'm just, I was about to click off this page, right? But Conor McGregor does not, he says he does not adhere to any pre-fight rituals or superstitions because he believes them to be a form of fear. I tell you what, like, I just wish he wasn't such a loose cannon prick because I just, he's so wise. Like, it's, yeah, honestly, I'm getting really into stoicism. Have you read much of it or heard much about stoicism? I'm familiar with the comment. I've read a little bit of it here and I'll, there. I'll I haven't. Need, I'll need to send you some that. videos, man, because it's actually. I think it's one of, if not the best, sort of. I'm familiar with it, mythology. I'm familiar with it in Sorry, the fact uh, that it's not mythology. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm familiar with the fact that it's 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 very strict control over what you can control and yes. almost completely and not giving any any worry or any any excess thought to things you can't control. Well, it's interesting, like, I had, um, there's a book called Tools for Titans, I've got it over there, it's uh, Tim Ferriss's book, and it's basically what he does, is he takes the best of, of like, all of his podcasts, and he had one with uh, Triple H, where Triple H was in Mayweather's locker, or no, no, sorry, I'm getting confused between two stories, there was a Chael Sonnen one where he met 
it was either Triple H or Chael Sonnen, right? It doesn't matter. But, like, it was Mayweather was the point of the story. And it was one of them was saying to... No, I think it was Triple H. He said to uh, Mayweather, he was like, you know... Ah, that's what it is. I think Triple H told the story and Chael Sonnen told a similar experience because Chael Sonnen worked for the commission for a while and he, like, checked Mayweather's boxing gloves one night or something like that. But anyway, so I think Triple H is chatting to Mayweather and he's like, oh, come on in and all that. And he's like... Uh, you're not, like, getting ready for your, your boxing match. And he'd done, like, a little light kind of just pad work just to kind of warm up. And he's like, nah, because he's like, look, I've either I've either done the work or I've not. You know, nothing's going to change in this time. It's as simple as yeah. that. I've, if I've, you know, I know that I've worked, I've worked as hard as any human being possibly could. He's not outworked me. So I'm just going to go out there and just let it go because I've already done the work. And he's like, listen, if I haven't done the work, then, you know, I'll, I'll face consequences for that if I have done the work. It's all about what's happened up to this point, not what I do now. Yeah. And I thought that was such an interesting way to look at it because you probably find this from amateur tournaments. Like it's so easy to get yourself like in a spin and all wrapped up. And even pro wrestling matches or anything that requires performance, like it's so easy to get caught up and be like, "Oh no, should I do this or should I do that? Should I do this?" And it's like imagine the freedom of just being able to go, eh, "If I've done the work, I've done the work." Dude, I had I've I've had that I had that once in pro wrestling, and it was it was I've I've mentioned it before, but it was like before uh before it kind of things changed. It was way back when it was what culture pro wrestling, and I got a I got a, a dark match. For those who don't know what a dark match is, it's a match that is uh put on. It's not on the main show, so the broadcast show happens, but you're not on it. You're either before or after the main show. Uh, the, the live audience will see your match, but nobody who watches the show or watches the stream or whatever uh, or the pay-per-view will see it. And it was uh, an Edinburgh show. And it was the Hendry Mania show that you did. Uh, <laughs> and I was, uh, and I remember I did the, I did a dark match before and we'd come up with this idea of like a different character and things that we were going to run, like stuff I'd never really, I'd not done before. And I was working with a guy that I'd never worked with before. Um, and I remember you asking me like before when I was just kind of like one because it was a 20 foot ring as well. This was the other thing. It was a 20 foot ring and I'd never worked a 20 foot ring before. The biggest I'd worked was an 18 footer. And I remember just running the ropes a couple of times just to kind of get used to the different size and kind of how many steps I got to take and the cadence of it. And I remember you asking me like, and I'll never forget this. You just went, you nervous? And I went, nope. And I genuinely wasn't nervous. And I said, I know what I do and I know my stuff. I'm either going to be good enough for this or I'm not. You know what I mean? It was a very similar experience where I almost was like outside myself, where I almost just didn't treat it like I was getting a big chance to kind of, yeah. you know, at the time, yeah. what culture for wrestling was the biggest company in the UK at the time. Europe. You know, they were, they were smashing it. Yep. And here I was getting an opportunity to kind of showcase what I can do on that platform. And I remember just, it was one of the few times where I genuinely was like, I wouldn't say that I didn't care about what the outcome was, but I just, I felt I didn't feel nervous about it. I felt like I'm going to do my thing. And as long as I just do my thing, I'm going to be fine. And it was so strange. It's interesting you say that, man, because I've actually found that me having outrageous goals has got me to where I've got to by saying like, I'm going to become a British champion. I'm going to get to Commonwealth. I'm going to get signed to this company. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. That's got me to where I've got to. But I actually think I've maxed out on that way of thinking. I actually think to get to a level above, I I can't operate on that anymore. I think that works for like the the lower and middle levels, but to get to the top, I think you have to say like I'm just going to be the best me 
I'm just going to be as I'm going to reach my full potential. I'm going to get better. I'm just going to, you know, fuck what goes on outside. Like I can't control that shit. You know, I can't control what opportunities I get. I'm just going to be as good as I can possibly be and trust that good will happen. Yeah, man. I think it's interesting that you, it's, it's just so interesting. And you, you hear about, it's, 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 it's interesting to hear that you talk about these things and, and you're reading up on things like stoicism because you get a lot of people that will, here's the thing. You're almost GSP in it, right? Well, we talked about GSP and MMA where like he went to the best wrestling club and wrestled the best wrestlers. He went yeah. to the best boxing club and boxed the best boxers. And then he took all these elements from all these different places and put them together into one package. You hear about a lot of people that read self-help books or they read, you know, these motivational books or business tycoon books or, or anything with mindset or anything like that. They yeah. read the book or they, they, they watch the videos. What you're doing now is you're almost into like the macros of it, you know? Like you're breaking down individual uh, qualities. Well, individual- it's interesting because I thought to myself, like I used to think that like older philosophy or reading wouldn't be relevant to today because I was yep. like, well, they don't have the same information. Like I think about it and I'm like, think about how aware like we are or the knowledge that is available to us right now by going on a search engine. I'm thinking we must know so much more than previous generations did at this point in our lives, which is true to a certain type of knowledge. But I think it's actually the inverse for, like you say, that macro scale. Because if you think about it, these philosophers didn't have access to all that stuff. So they had to actually figure this all out by themselves, which I think will really have pushed them and their intellectual thinking to the next level. So in a way, I actually think philosophy is much more applicable from people who didn't have the internet and stuff like that. It's, I think it's much more in tune with how humans are supposed to live. Yeah, to me, I just don't think that we're meant to, we're not, as human beings, we're not meant to have the answers to everything at 10 years nah, old. Nah. You know what I mean? We're not, we're not meant to have that. Like, nah. You just, you're not meant to have that shit. You're not. It's the same way that I look at certain celebrities, and you look at some celebrities. And again, I won't name any, but I'm talking like mega celebrities, like out of this world famous. Yeah. You know, like honestly, couldn't stick their head out their window without getting some cunt from TMZ. Oh, I've said the c word. Saying seeing some guy from TMZ, you know, click a photo of them. You know, they can't go to Lidl and pick up a cucumber without somebody going, "Oh, here's such and such at the shops." Yeah, like. We're not meant to be that famous. Human beings are not. And it, the, the people look at people like, uh, you know, people look at certain celebrities, right? And again, I want, you know, you see them in music a lot. You see them in, in uh, Hollywood and, you know, oh, they're messed up in the head. And maybe they're not, you know, you, there's definitely a lot of messed up stuff that goes on. I'm not talking about that messed up stuff. You know, I'm talking about just, he's a bit of an odd guy, isn't he? Or, man, he's just a bit disconnected from reality, isn't he? Especially when we saw it during lockdown, right? The very start where we saw like the imagine thing. And it's like, here's all these celebrities singing about, imagine all the people and all that. And they're like, oh, this'll, th- this'll help, you know? And it's like, guys, yeah, your brain is ours right now. Like, you're, you're on a totally different planet to everybody else. And it's because we're not meant to be that well-known. Like, look at the planet. Look at Earth, right? We, when you look at the way Earth is and you look at the way that the planet is structured, there's, we're not supposed to know every little single thing that's going on in the middle of Egypt yeah. from where we are. You know, but now we know. We know everything that's going on. We can look at Google Maps. We can see what every street looks like in little places. We can look at like what's going on in Abu Dhabi right now. We can look at what's happening in Japan right now. I can find out what's going on in a village in Miami. And I'm saying Miami, Florida, in like Jacksonville, in, in like Jackson, Wyoming. 
I can find out what's going on in Saskatchewan, Canada right now. I can find out what the most, what is going on, what is at the forefront of everybody's brain, you know, by researching the internet and finding these things out. We're not meant to know that shit. Same yeah. as we're not meant to be super famous. We're not meant to be, we're not meant to be known worldwide. It's just, it, you look at what it's done to people. Like some of the most famous examples are like Michael Jackson, yeah. you know? Like, I think I think one one of the issues is back in the day you kind of had to be known for something, whereas now the skill is uh, not attached to. Don't even get me started, people, dude. To celebrities, me, if you know what I mean. Dude, don't even get me started, man. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I'm all for you know. I don't want to crush anybody's dreams, but when you start getting kids at six years old going, go I want to be a YouTuber when I grow up. Yeah. And you look at who are the big YouTubers, and you go. Logan Paul is the big YouTuber. And you're like, that's kind of what these kids could be seeing. And I mean, I'm not giving any shade to Logan Paul, but I don't exactly, if I have any kids, I don't exactly want my kids to go, I want to be like Logan Paul. I'd be like, son, we're going to sit down and have a chat right now. You know? Yeah. Uh, I just, when you look at, you can get famous for nothing. Like, don't get me wrong. Again, I'm not discrediting any hustling that she has done. But let's be clear here. Kim Kardashian initially got famous for a sex tape. You know what I mean? It's like, that's what boosted her into the stratosphere of fame. That's yeah. why she is multi-millionaire right now. That is why she has millions of people look up to her. It's like... It is odd, a, yeah. It's, it's a little odd. The Kardashians are an odd one. Yeah. Paris Hilton's another one, where she got famous for being the heir to the Hilton Hotels. And a sex tape. And, it's, yeah, and, a, and a sex tape. And you're like, I mean, come on, not not that you know, not not that I would have ever, you know. Yeah, I know they've got multi-million-pound makeup deals or fashion lines. Logan Paul has got, you know, he makes millions off of his crappy YouTube videos, and you're just like, he's gonna fight. The, the, the rumor is he's fighting Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> what? What the? F what is Earth? What to is honest, life? This is what I will Same. say, though. This is what I will say, right? I I do think Logan and Jake Paul are smart and have worked very hard. Would you agree with that or disagree with that? I'm going to partially agree and I'll tell you why. I think they've definitely worked hard and they know what they're doing. But there is definitely like, it's it's clear that there's definitely puppeteers behind the scenes. Well, but honestly, you should look into how they got famous. It's very interesting. So what happened was they were just, I think they were messing about on Vine or something like that and they had one clip that went viral and they were just like we have to do this every day we have to do this every day uh, what were they called remember there was the big controversy a couple years ago about those uh the networks like the, the youtube networks yeah. uh, they're almost like talent agencies for youtubers Aye. they got picked up by uh, a very very lucrative one um and that's what happened they got picked up by a very lucrative one who recognized what they could do with the, the logan paul and jake paul yeah. and whatnot and that's what led to them kind of getting the boost. And then these networks would, you know, they were in good with YouTube, who would God. then promote those, their stuff 22 on. 22 million subscribers. Mentally. 5 it makes billion it, views. It makes it even crazier when you consider somebody like PewDiePie's got, what, like 100 million? Yeah. It's just Something like that. He's a random guy from, where was it? He was originally from Sweden. Oh, no. It's Scottish ancestry. It's our fault. Really? Ah, uh, yeah. dude. The fuck, man, we fucked it. <laughs> we fucked the Scottish. The Scottish fucked it, man. It's all. It's so strange. It's so funny that like 
<sighs> that's crazy, man. I, I, it's, it makes me laugh that he's gonna he he's gonna fight Floyd Mayweather potentially. That's insane. Like, dude, what it's the f- crazy. So they're talking about his. It's interesting. Me and Jake were talking about this. Did you see the picture that I posted that went mega viral recently? Uh, I'm not sure which one was it. So basically, there was a picture I posted where I'm holding keys in front of a house. And I said, if you wave your keys in front of a giant house, people will think you own it. And it was like a kind of fake entrepreneur <laughs> photo, right? So that's amazing. I posted it, right? Just thinking, oh, that's kind of funny. Because you know I want to do that kind of character where it's that sort of thing, right? So yeah. I posted that. It got picked up by this uh, Instagram account called Nuggets, which has 10 million followers. So they posted it. Then ASOS, you know the clothing company? Yeah. They posted it, right? Then it went on uh, Reddit and it got like 50,000 upvotes or something like that. And it was on r slash all. And you know what's fucked yeah. up? I got like two extra followers. No joke. Crazy, eh? Because it wasn't me that was posting it. And it was Jake that said, you know, he was like, it's weird that nowadays going viral just doesn't mean shit anymore. It's like, it, it, it has to be like super, super viral. He's like, you're on the front page of Reddit and it doesn't mean anything. And it's like, thankfully, I'm kind of like, I'm not really looking for that anymore. You know what I mean? I'm not really that arsed about being known, but it's just interesting because I'm on Logan Paul's Wikipedia here and it's saying like 3.1 million followers. Uh, it, so, in, But in February uh, 2014, he, they're cheesing about the fact he had like, 31,000 likes on his Facebook page, which is like nothing. 150,000 subs on his YouTube channel, which again is a lot, but I've got friends. Yeah, like Inside the Ropes has got more than that. You know what I mean? Like, so, and it's crazy. Like, I've got a friend who's got, like, that's my friend who's got a YouTube channel with more than that. But back then, that was like, whoa. That's another thing that's become popular these days is, and this is the big thing that you were just saying there, is it's almost people garnering fame off of the work of others right now don't get me wrong i I said earlier that i don't i like i'm I'm a big fan of like what's someone's reaction to this but you see a lot of that now where someone's entire identity online is reacting to other people's stuff and they're like oh let me take this musician who does this and let me post a video where i react to what they've done and all they've really done is sat in front of their tv and they film their reaction it's the and worst. they get more views, and, and you're they like, get, they get more. Do you know what annoys me? They get more views than the original content. Yeah. See you now, now this is where it, there, there's a line here. There's a dividing line because I know that there is channels specifically designed for that, where they have people react to like, like I said, uh, kids react to yeah. old folks. But that's, that's interesting. What, that's interesting, you know. And then when we get like old people to react to like Blink One Eight Two and stuff, that's interesting. Yeah. But though you've got like, and again, people literally just going, "Oh, that song's great! Yeah, that song's awesome." I like Let's Plays. I like because they're playing the game and they're giving their thoughts on it, and it's their value. Streamers and stuff. But what I don't like is like some guy that's like, "Oh yeah, all I do is listen to songs and react to them, (sighs) and to give my unprofessional thoughts on them." And you're like, "You've got more. You're getting more views, and you've got more notoriety than the original artist." It's like. It's crazy, dude. That's just one of the big things that happened with that um, that Coulter Wall, the guy I was telling you about. Uh, he's a Canadian independent country artist, and there's a bunch of videos of that that the devil wears a suit and tie. There's a bunch of videos of people reacting to him, 
Because again, he's one of these guys that looks, I think he was 19 when he did the video. And he looks super young. He looks like a 19-year-old guy. And yet when he sings, his voice is insane. Yeah. Like, not the thing you would expect. And there's tons of videos out there of people just reacting to that. And you're like, they've probably got more notoriety than he does. And it's like, that's insane. Like, that's, we've kind of, that's part of, that's a part of culture now, where if you just sort of stand there and, and, and watch a video of something or watch someone else's content that they've put their work into and react, you can get mega famous and get viral based on that. Like, you see these people like, this guy's crazy reaction to this. And you're like, that's gone viral. Yeah. You're like, the fuck, man? It's crazy. We live in such a weird time. Dude, the world is messed up. It's 1984. It's Animal Farm. Read those books before they disappear from the shelves. Guys, read those books, man. They're 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 coming, man. They're gonna take our books, man. They are. They are. That book will be erased from history within our lifetime, I think. I mean, more than likely, man. More than likely. But anyway, we'll we'll get into those conspiracies another time. Dave, we are uh let me I think we've been going for quite a while. I think we've been going for quite a while here. I think let me just check how long we've been on. Been on for a long time. Fantastic time. We've had a great time. Great people. Dave's fantastic. Great people. That's an hour and thirty right there. Let's call it. Right. Dave, where can we where can we get you on social media? You find me everywhere at Dave Conrad UK, uh on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. Boom. All right, folks, thanks for listening to Pish Talk. I've been Joe Hendry. He's been Dave Conrad. Stay safe, people. Chin up. It sucks right now, but it's going to get better. Thanks for listening. We've missed you. Wear wear your masks. If you wear your goddamn masks, we'll get out of this quicker. There you go. All right, see you next time, folks. Bye-bye.